Have you ever wondered why we refer to the earliest church councils as ecumenical? This week on the podcast, I'm with one of Ligonier's teaching fellows, Dr. Stephen Nichols. Dr. Nichols, what does it mean that the first seven church councils were ecumenical? So these seven councils in the early church had representation from literally hundreds of bishops, 200, 300, 400 bishops attended these councils and they represented the whole church. So when we say ecumenical councils, we're talking about a council that reflects the church. And there were seven of these that are recognized as ecumenical councils. The first one was a very important one. It was in 325 and was the Council of Nicaea. And out of that, of course, comes that very important church document, the Nicene Creed. Another of these ecumenical councils in 451, the fourth council, was the Council of Chalcedon. And that also was very important. And out of that comes the definition of Chalcedon as it is. Sometimes it's called the Chalcedonian Creed. And when you go back and you look at those first six of those councils, they dealt with mostly Christology and the different heresies and the different false views that were circulating in the church related to either the humanity of Christ or the deity of Christ or how those two natures came together. And so the church would meet and in the plurality of bishops and studying the scriptures would then hand down a ruling, uh, definitions or rulings or creeds to speak into these situations. Now the seventh of these ecumenical councils moved off of the subject of Christology and actually endorsed icons and made it uh, not just icons of, of God or of Christ, but including icons of, of Mary and icons of angels and of the saints. And it went so far as to say the church should have these, not they could have these, but they should have these uh, in the church. So it dealt with icons. But from the 8th century on, there was a rift between this Roman Catholic church. And the rift had two centers, two epicenters. Uh, One was Rome and the other was Constantinople. And so from the 800s on, Constantinople did not have as much representation and sometimes none at all in these councils. So that's why we stop calling them the ecumenical councils. It's not quite the split yet between Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy, but that's coming. And so from the Roman Catholic Church perspective, there are 21 councils that start at Nicaea and go right up into the 1960s with Vatican II. And prior to that, Vatican I in 1870. Uh, So the Roman Catholic Church represents those 21 councils. A very important council for our understanding of our identity as Reformed and as Protestants is the Council of Trent. This was the Roman Catholic response to the Protestant Reformation. And one of the rulings that came down from Trent was that the Roman Catholic Church, its authority would be both scripture and tradition. Not that tradition is useful, not that tradition is helpful, not that tradition is, you know, the Holy Spirit working through gifted teachers and godly people and teaching us how to be faithful disciples. No, this this crosses the threshold to say that tradition is a co-equal authority to Scripture. 
I mention that because this is helpful for us as to how we should understand these councils. Let's take the first six. They're very helpful for Christology. I love the Nicene Creed. We love the Chalcedonian Creed. Those, those are such helpful documents. Those creeds are not our authority. Those creeds represent our authority and the teaching of our authority, which is Scripture. So in the end, uh, we Protestants think very different from the Roman Catholics who in turn think different from Eastern Orthodox Church as we're looking back over the last two millennia of church history and these ecumenical councils. For us as Protestants, we do not have a co-equal authority. We have one authority and that's that beloved teaching of the Reformers, that bedrock foundational doctrine of sola scriptura. The Bible alone is our authority. This is Nathan W. Bingham, and you've been listening to Ask Ligonier. If you like the show, why not subscribe or write a review on your favorite podcast app? For more information and for the archive of episodes, simply visit ask.ligonier.org slash podcast.